Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Isaiah chapter number six in your hearing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter six. Some that was here this morning that uh, aren't here tonight, but we got some that wasn't here this morning that is here tonight. So I guess we just traded off a little bit. Amen. We're proud for all of you that came. Man, on this holiday weekend, praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter number 6. And I want to stop at, start at verse number 1. How many will indulge in me preaching a little while tonight? A couple hours anyway. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 6, starting at verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his terrain filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and with twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto the other, another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to feel that now. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts heavenly father i'm asking you tonight oh god i'm only the container of the message the message is yours i'm asking you god that you would bring our minds together lord for a little while tonight God, while we entertain your presence in the word, oh Lord. Oh God, I'm praying for strength, Lord. I'm praying for encouragement of your people tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm asking you would move on us through the word, Lord. Touch us. Move us. God, with the message tonight. We need a moving, Lord, in our lives tonight. In that lovely name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. You can be seated in Jesus' name. I want you to look at your neighbor. And I want you to say this like you really mean it. I want you to be excited about it. I must see the Lord. Tell him again. I must see the Lord. Hallelujah. In chapter 5, let me give you a little backdrop of the story. Chapter 5 of Isaiah. Isaiah began to pronounce woes upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and Judah. 
he pronounced six woes upon them. Now here in the beginning of chapter 6, things began to happen. Isaiah, first off, he mentions in the year that King Uzziah died. Why out of the clear blue would he say that? But let me remind you that he probably was mourning his death. Because Uzziah was a great man. He followed after God. He'd done great things. But you know what happened to Uzziah? He'd done what some people have done in the house of God. He got lifted up in himself. He began to think, hey, it's all about me. I've become great. No, you haven't. God has made you great. It said that everybody around him had made him great. They had helped him. In fact, in 2 Chronicles 26, it's just a reference is all it is. Speaks of Uzziah's having a name that spread abroad. Now that, that you know, that, that, that sounds good to the ear of man. I said man. Amen. For he was marvelously, the Bible says, helped. Till he was strong. Notice this. Until he was strong. Everybody said strong. You know what? I mentioned it this morning. The Bible said, when I'm weak, he's strong. I don't want to get in that place that I recognize my strength. I don't want to recognize that I'm in a place with God that he's using me. Because if I get strong in that place, I may fall. I may get lifted up in myself. I don't want to get lifted up in myself. But one thing out of all of this, Brother Terry, I want to see Jesus. I want to see the Lord. How many want to see the Lord? I don't know about you, but the reason I'm living how I'm living right now is because I want to see Jesus. And I'm telling you, this world needs a glimpse of Jesus. Because just one look at Him and it can change your life. One encounter of really getting in touch with God can change your whole life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But when he was strong, the Bible said, people helped him marvelously until he was strong. And the Bible said then, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his own destruction. What a sad thing. A man that done, a, a, a king that had done everything right. I believe at 16 years old he became king. And he'd done things right. He, he followed after the Lord. He sought the Lord in everything he did. And, and because of that, God allowed him to get great. He didn't get great because of himself. It wasn't because of his smarts. It wasn't because of everything that he knew. But it was because of all of the people that God had surrounded him with. And they all helped him marvelously. Oh, God, give us a church that will help the pastor. Come on. <laughs> that will help the preacher preach. We need, come on, a preacher can't preach without the help of a congregation. Let me tell you, let me tell you where the preacher gets his excitement. It's from you. The harder you say amen and shout, 
the more I'm going to preach and the harder I'm going to preach. And that's what you want because you don't want to hear me, but you want to hear the God that's inside of me. Come on. Because that's anointing. And it comes from God. It's not mine. I just borrowed it. He's given it to me for a purpose that I can touch somebody with his anointing. It's not mine. I got to see Jesus. Some way I got to see Jesus. Whatever it takes, I got to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bible said he went to the temple to burn incense upon the altar of incense. Some place he shouldn't have been, Brother Mason. Wasn't his place. It was a place of a priest. You remember somebody else had done that, don't you? I remember somebody that stepped into that place called Saul. He, he, was, he was waiting on he was waiting on Samuel, but he he the people were getting scattered and Come on, he was fidgety and, and he, he, thought, he thought this is not going to happen. Samuel's going to be late. So what if he is? Let the Lord be late. But he's never late. He's right on time. How many times have we come into the presence of God and we think, God, when are you going to show up? Can I tell you, when he walks, he's already in the door when we come in. He's took up dwelling in this place. That's why we feel him every time we gather it here. It's around his presence. Oh, oh, oh I got to see Jesus. I don't know about you, but I got to see him. Somehow, some way, I got to get myself to the place that I can see Jesus. I want to see the Lord when I come into his house. I want to see him. I want to get a glimpse of what he looks like, Brother Gregory. Hallelujah. I want to feel his presence. If I see him, I'll feel his presence. Oh, glory, glory. I must see Jesus. I must see him. He went to, bur- he went to burn incense. And the Bible said four priests went in after him. And the story is that he got angry with the priest. He got angry because they was trying to get, he had a censer in his hand with some, Incense in it. He's going to burn incense. He said, it's not your place. You're, you're stepping out of order. I'm going to tell you what. You get to a place with God and you think you've got it all together, he'll put a bump in your road. Come on now. I said he'll put a bump in your road. When we get out of divine order, God will always put a bump in the road. David witnessed it. He thought, I'm going to do it the easy way. Hey, he got out his brand new wagon with them chrome wheels and the spinners on it. He said, yeah, he said, he thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the presence of God back right, buddy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take God the smoothest ride. He's going to ride in a Cadillac today. I'm going to take him right back there, and, and I'm going to put him where he actually belongs. I'm going to bring God back to where he belongs. But he got out of divine order, and God didn't smile on David. Uzzah got killed that day. You know why? Because he laid his hand up the ark of God. And I'm going to tell you, God does not need our help to guide his presence. Oh my God, I'm feeling that. I said God does not need our help to guide his presence. 
Let me tell you something. When God begins to speak, shut up, Bishop, and go ahead, God. Oh, come on. I've learned over the years uh, that whenever God begins to speak, it's time for me to shut up. Let God take over. Hallelujah. But I must see Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, because of his anger, fighting with the priest, right in thy temple. The Bible said leprosy came on him. He died a leper. Somebody that followed, did this a sad part. The story becomes sad to me because I think of all the people that followed God all of the years. Brother Mason, I think of some ministers that are, were fine ministers. Ministers that we had at camp meetings. Ministers that, that even ministered at our church. A sad thing. But some of those ministers that all of us had so much faith in, they were good ministers. They were men of God, no doubt about it. But they fell by the wayside because they got lifted up. They had been marvelously helped. People had helped them to get to where they were. They had backed their preaching. Come on. They had worshipped. They had, can I say, even praised and praised till, amen, uh, there, there was no even sitting down. It was almost standing the whole service because of a move of God. But tonight, those same men come to a place I thought it was all about them and they fell because of it. Some of those same people I've had people to show me. I couldn't look because I don't have Facebook and I'm not one so don't come and try to offer it to me. I'll show you how to get on there. No, I don't need to. I don't need it. I got all the Facebook I need right here. All I need to know is right here. And all I need to know is right here. Lately, Sister McGinn, I, we, we used to always like to watch, amen, we like to watch the weather the first thing in the morning. We don't leave our teeth. We don't even leave it on very long. We, we find what the, it's going to be that day. Sister McGee anymore, we've got so tired of it that we turn it off. You know why? Because it's all bad news. But I'm here to give you a bit of good news. Jesus is coming. He's going to split the eastern sky and every eye shall see him. I don't know about you, but I... after my son now turning my microphone off are y'all sitting back here praying that I, this microphone will go I just put new batteries in it because I want to make sure it lasts for two hours if I was going to preach it glory he got lifted up in himself and leprosy took over God said I've had enough of you I've always said, I told my son, I said, son, I'll never interfere with your ministry. I may be bishop, but I'll never interfere with your ministry. 
as long as you're staying with the word of God. Oh. I had a minister, a good, probably one of the one of my best friends in the ministry. We were sitting talking about all this. He, we were talking about all of those that have fell because it bothered us. You ever talk about something you just it just bothers you? You just want to cry? You know, because it's it's a sad thing when people were used of God. God spoke through them prophecies that come true. Time after time, they prayed for people and they were healed. I mean, God used them in great and mighty ways. Hallelujah. And here they are now. Some of those men, it's not that they have maybe changed in all their looks even. Some of them have not changed a bit. But it's what they're allowing in the pulpit that they've given a child. Come on. Somebody that they raised, they're given the pulpit to. And you know what? They've done away with this. A lot of them. Or they've got a little bitty one they can carry around. And they got them a little stool now, Brother Mason. And, and they sit on that little stool. And, and they, don't get me wrong. I, I don't, 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 take, don't take Bishop wrong. I, it's fine. It's fine if you wear blue jeans to church. That's all right. But I'm going to tell you. If I'm going to be up here representing the priesthood. How would y'all feel if I come in a t-shirt and blue jeans? Come on, after all the years I've been around here, how would you like it if that's the way I come in? And I got my little stool out, and I got my Bible out there, and I sit down on that stool and proceed to preach. i never seen any apostolic preacher could preach sitting down. He's not much apostolic if he can sit down there and preach. I'm going to tell you because something moves in me and i got to find a way to get rid of it. You know, you remember how it was when you used to eat chocolate candy bars one after another, you know? Them Snickers taste good, but after a while, you got some energy to get rid of. Let me just tell on Sister Roberta. She's my daughter. She can't get mad at me. It's just we laugh and having fun. I was in here studying in my office back in there. And directly I'd hear a little commotion going out in the next office. Come on. Some commotion going on out there. Her and Sister Rhonda's out there. And she said, oh, I got to run a little bit. I'll be back. So she's out running. You know what? It's her Fitbit saying, hey, you ain't got your steps in today. You need to run a little bit. I'm going to give me one of them Fitbit. Maybe we need to get some of them, pass them out in the church. See, you know what? My Fitbit, Brother Bob, is telling me to run a little bit. So I got to get, get me some steps here. Come on. Come on. I feel something in my bones that's telling me it's time to run. She starts chuckling a little bit. She runs a while. She goes back in. Drink some more of that water. She's got Sister Rhonda to drink water. She hadn't caught up with her yet, but she's trying. I think next she's going to get her a Fitbit. Get your Fitbit on. Oh, good. I hope you punch that thing a little bit tonight. Maybe somebody will run with you. 
Alex may get out here and do a few push-ups. Who knows? He got one of them things. Man, he's got a computer on his arm. He can, he can send messages and get messages and everything else. But you know what? I don't have a Fitbit, but I've got a God that I can get messages any time during church. Every now and then, my Fitbit will tell me, Brother Bob, it's time to kick that leg a little bit. Come on, Bishop. You're feeling it. Come on. Kick that leg. Run a little bit. Jump a little bit. i got to get a little exercise. I feel like I need to do something. Come on. God's in the place. Holy Ghost is breaking loose. It's time to move. Woo! Sister McGee, that old song. You gotta move. You gotta move. You gotta move. You remember it. You gotta move. When the Lord gets ready, you'll have to move. Come on, church. I don't know about you, but I'm planning on seeing Jesus. And you might. Oh, I didn't even preach like this. The truth is, you might as well get with it down here. Because if you don't get with it here, you're not going to make it up there. If you're going to get to heaven, you're going to go in shouting. You're going to go in worshiping. Come on. Sister Sheila, those little breakouts you have ain't going to be nothing. When you get to heaven, it's going to be a big breakout. You know why? I'm fixing on seeing the King of kings and the Lord of lords. When, when I walk through those gates, I'm going to be a, having me a heavenly body and I can look on his face then. It won't blind me. It won't kill me. Anybody ever felt so much of the Lord you felt like you really wasn't here? Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. It was the same year that King Uzziah died, and I was mourning over him. And the Lord had to remind me that there was somebody greater than Uzziah. It's said by later generations that Uzziah's reign as king was exceeded in glory only by Solomon. Think about that a little bit. To me, David was the greatest. Because David just kept on serving God to the very end. Solomon messed up. Seven, uh, 700 wives and 300 concubines. I'd get messed up too. So, he probably prayed that scripture every day. When I'm weak, you're strong. Lord, hallelujah. In the midst of all of this stuff going on in Isaiah's life and his mind, he sees the Lord. He sees one greater than Uzziah. He sees one greater than Solomon. <laughs> and his life was changed by what happened to him that day. God I'm looking for something to happen to some people because they got such a close walk with the God that they got a glimpse of heaven. Yet the Bible said, I have not seen 
eareth not hurt, neither has it entered the heart of man the things that God prepared for him. But the next verse says, but the Spirit has revealed it unto him. Man, we need a revelation in the church of God. Come on. I need to see him, Brother Terry, and the Holy Ghost. Come on. I'm, yeah, I'm about to oh, have me a little mini rapture here. Come on. We need to see him for who he is. If we'd see him for who he is, we'd find out that we'd have more healings right here in our church because we realize that it's powerful just to see him. I got to see Jesus. Glory. Man, I'm not moving too fast here. Oh, Jesus. Let me go back to verse number one and let me, let me just kind of, let me just, I'm not getting very fast, am I? The Bible says he sees him in a certain way. He sees him high. Everybody said high. If you're going to see Jesus, you can't go ahead with your head down. Come on. I said, if you're going to really see Jesus, you can't go around with your head down. You got to look up. <laughs> Woo, glory. <laughs> He's the high tower. And the righteous is going to run into him and they're going to be saved. So if you want to see Jesus, you better start looking up. Don't drop your head. Come on, pick your head up and look up. For your redemption draweth nigh, the Bible said. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Come on. How? I want to look up. I don't know about you. I want, yeah, because I'm looking to where I'm going. And if you want to stay here, so okay, help yourself. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm excited about it. <laughs> I live every day that way. I'm excited about it. Come on. I get up excited. I go to bed excited. There's times during the day the old enemy attacks me just like he does you. But I try not to stay there long. Come on. Because if you do, you'll be there and you won't see him. So I got to get everything in this world out of my way that I can see Jesus. Don't let nothing, come on. Don't let nothing get in your way of seeing Jesus. The world is not worth it. The cares of life is not worth it. Houses and land is not worth it. Vehicles are not worth it. A fishing pole is not worth it. A motorcycle is not worth it. A camper is not worth it. A 92 Lincoln town car is not worth it. Pretty soon it'll be a rust bucket. But Jesus don't rust out. In fact, I found that the more I shine him with my praise, the better he looks. He gets glossy. Till you can't stand to look upon him anymore. Oh, you know what it is? It's a Shekinah glory. Let it enter the house. Let it overtake us. Let that Shekinah glory shine in here. I'm praying that it'll shine to the outside of this church.
That's right. Thank you. Praise the Lord. God's backing now. I remember years ago hearing a minister. They were in a tent meeting. God moved in such a mighty way. All at once, somebody called the fire department. They called Brother Aaron, called Brother Freddie, and Brother James. They all come to the tent, and the tent was on fire. But it was not consumed. It was like the bush. You know why? It was flame retardant. His name was Jesus. They come in and check things out. It's amazing they didn't see smoke. All they seen was fire. Come on. Oh. Let me tell the short story version here. Second church, Brother Mason. I can't, I can't even tell you who was there that night. There was somebody there. But I can tell you one thing. There was a move of God in that place. I mean, God was moving in such a great manner. And I remember, I think we even had, we had post over here. You know, around the altar at first. Maybe even later had some. I don't remember. Don't think so. Anyway, evidently we still had it then, but I, re I remember it just as, just as if it was yesterday, Brother Terry. But I remember God moving in that earth that night. You couldn't have heard nothing because, I mean, it was, went ballistic. Everybody was shouting. There was, there was people running the aisles. The Holy Ghost was moving in such a mighty way. I could hear Sister Sheila. I could hear Sister Rhonda. She was doing her thing. I could hear these saints are doing their thing in the background. And I remember that night, I had a hold of this post. And all at once, God allowed me to open my eyes. And when I did, man, I started looking. There was the, the, the smoke had filled the church. And I thought for sure there was a fire. I was getting ready to find me a fire extinguisher. I blinked my eyes and it's still there. I blinked them again and it's still there. And the Lord said, it's my glory. I haven't seen it since, never seen it before, but I'm looking for it. I'm, yeah. I believe we're going to see it in Mount Carmel. Come on, I don't know about you, but I want to see Jesus. There is something about the smoke in the house. He's your kind of glory that will light you up. You don't want to sit down. You're ready to jump up. Come on, I, I want to get as high as I can. Come on. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. I want to get closer to Him. Come on, church. I want to see Jesus. The only way we're going to see Jesus is every time we get a chance to move up, we need to move up. Come on. Huh. Move your worship up another step. Dance harder a little bit. Jump a little higher. Do something you hadn't done before. I'll go ahead and relate another little story. Brother Terry, I remember the first church. I won't mention no names because if I did it, somebody might know who it was. Spirit of God was moving. 
This one person jumped up. Oh, you'll have to know it was a man because I don't, I don't think you'd have seen a lady do it. Not that she couldn't have, but she'd have, she better make sure she was in the Holy Ghost. Brother Mason, I don't worry about, I'm not even sure where you are. I don't know, but you probably were. I don't know. It might have been before. I don't know. Before we adopted you to. He's not a Kentuckian no more. He's been adopted. I know he still roots for him. That's all right. But he roots for us too. This person. Holy Ghost was moving, Sister Rhonda. And I don't think he really knew what to do with it. And this guy, he goes doing somersaults all the way down. He felt it. He didn't know what to do with it. He's like a kid that had been eating Snickers all day long. He said, man, i got to get rid of this. This is too good. So he just started doing it. One, right after another. All the way down the aisle. And I'm not so sure he didn't turn around and do it coming back. God, I'm looking for a move of the Holy Ghost at First Apostolic Church till somebody feels like they got to do somersaults all the way down the aisle. They got to get rid of all of that spirit and energy they feel. Come on, sometimes I have to walk pews. Woo! My wife said, now, dear, watch it. It'll be all right, church. Come on, there is sometimes we need to take worship to the next level. Moses or Joshua, I don't remember. But one of them said, I believe it was Moses. He said, we've walked around this mountain long enough. In other words, we've been doing this for a while. It's time to move on up. we got to have a new place. Let's get out and let's, come on, let's kick a leg. Come on, you have got room to do that in your pew. There's sometimes that you just got to get, get out in the aisle and make it happen. There's not enough room. Come on, I've seen people, you, you've seen them do it too. They've been in a place in church and there wasn't room. I've seen them walk out here and they go. Oh, God, move on this church. Take them to a new level. Make them want to see Jesus. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to be able to make it happen. Go ahead, Lord. So let the pastor roll between the pulpit and the pew. And he went one way about as fast as he did the other. I must see Jesus. You can stay here if you want to, but I must see him. And whatever it takes to get there, I'm going to do it. Whew, mercy. Boy, I'm not doing very good. I'm, not, I'm only on verse 1. Isaiah sees him high and lifted up. And what? Done what? The terrain filled the temple. Oh, oh 
Jesus, his train filled the temple. The longer the train, because what, what that train stood for was grandeur and majesty, majestic. The longer the tail, the more the grandeur. Are you getting this? Am I making any sense? Oh, I want the Spirit of God to fill the temple. And His train, come on, His grandeur filled the temple. Jesus didn't come in here and walk as little old me. He's high and lifted up, and his terrain fills the temple. His holiness, his grandeur, his majesty fills the temple. You are hearing me? And if this filling the temple, there is healing, you don't have to go to the front. And if you need the Holy Ghost, you don't have to come to the front. Terry, Brother Freddie, I think you both remember. I think it was on the second or third pew at the middle church. Sister Peterson. She was just sitting there worshiping the Lord. Just, just, just worshiping. And all at once something on her. She started speaking in other tongues. She didn't come up and get prayed for, honey. The Lord just dumped a load right there. God, we need that in this house. Some people that have come through these doors in pain, time after time they come through here. But I want to tell you tonight, I want to remind you just a little bit that His terrain fills a temple. You don't have to come to the front. All you got to do is accept it right where you're at and He can heal you. He can heal arthritis where she come out I call my shut to the bohosa. Pain leave right now. Never return. He called up a shut to the bohosa. He called up a shut to the bohosa. Woo! Shamadorobosa. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're feeling. You don't have to come to the front. You can say, Here I am, Lord. And just let him pour it out. I want to see Jesus. And every time you see something like that in church, you've seen him. You've got a glimpse of him. I want to get a glimpse of him. I want to see what it's like. I don't want to have to tell my children what it was like in the first church. I want them to be able to see it with their own eyes. I want your grandchildren to see it with his own eyes. I want them to see a move of God so strong that nobody can sit down. Lord, help me. I may have to have them part one, too.
Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you. I want to tell you something. Church, we must see the, the Lord higher than anything else in our lives. Let us exalt His name together. You know what that's really talking about? We need to make Him bigger than anything else we're facing. Come on. Of the sicknesses, of the trials, of the financial needs, let's make Him bigger. You know how you make Him bigger? You praise Him. Come on. You worship Him. You do a new thing. Throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible, every now and then, in the book of Psalms especially, sometimes in Proverbs, you'll, say, you'll see a place that they sung a new song. You know when God gives a new song? It's because the old one isn't good enough anymore. Come on, church. You better dance with me a little bit or I'll help you up. Come on. We need to sing a new song. Hey, we get to heaven. We're going to sing one the angels can't even join in and sing. They don't know it. But I know it because I saw Jesus. Come on. I made him bigger than my problem. Bigger than where I was at. My sickness no longer has control of me. But I have control of it because I've made God bigger than my sickness. I'm going to tell you early. If you don't make God bigger in your sickness, every church night he'll be keeping you home. You might as well come to church and hurt as to hurt at home. It could just be that God will just dump a, a little bit of healing on you and you'll feel like running. You might feel like dancing a little bit. Come on. Say, come on, if you'll dance a little bit, I'll take that hurt now, your legs. If you'll just obey me, I'll do something for you. I'll bring your family in. If you'll just obey me, if you'll just see me for a little while, I'll do something in your life. Thank you, Xavier. He's worshiping. He's going to be a worshiper. See, God must be number one. You know, he's got to be before my wife. He's got to mean more to me than my 92 Lincoln. He's got to mean more to me than my 85 Yamaha Virgago. He's got to mean more to me than my 72 Camper. got to mean more to me than my I ain't going to say how old she is my wife, my young wife I caught it brother been cereal in the morning this way I can have oats I need my oats give me some more energy brother Terry 
Somebody say amen. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. You believe what I'm preaching? Oh. See, what I got to tell you is, is the reason Isaiah saw him like that is because he's got to fill all space in our life. We cannot leave him out of nothing. God, you can have everything but my billfold. You got to give that to him first. He wants the first tenth. He wants the firstling of the flock. He wants the best. Boy, I'm about to get on you real good right here. He wants the best, Brother Mason. And people come to church. That's it. And the phone rings, and it's a phone call from God. He said, why ain't you worshiping? And the rest of you, why did you notice that? It's because you weren't doing anything either. If we had enough noise going in here and the Spirit of God coming down this place, we wouldn't even pay no attention to that. Thank you, Lord. He set his alarm so he'd wake up after a while. He did. And woke us up too. Thank you, Brother Pat. I appreciate that. You, you fit into my message real well. See, there must not be room enough for the enemy nor any part of this world to work its way in. I said there must not be room enough. Somebody said no room for the devil. Let God's terrain fill our temple. Come on. Let there be a holy anointing on us. That there's no place for the enemy to work his way in. Oh, I'm feeling this. The cares of life we must deal with. Yet, we must never allow them to overwhelm us. I said we cannot let the cares of life overwhelm us. They cannot take control of us. They will. I don't know if one of us that have been caught up in that at some time or another. And life about got us down. After my triple bypass, I went, I went through it, buddy. I, my wife can tell you. She helped me through it. She's, she's been there for me. This church has been here for me. You may not have realized it, but Bishop was going through a time. Probably the lowest time in my life. I talked to other ministers. I was worried about me. I said, I went and talked to my son. I sat down at his desk. And I started crying. I said, son, I feel like a sinner. I can't pray. I can't read my Bible. This is things that I've done all my life. I love the Word of God. I love to do. I love to pray. And I can't even pray for myself. My wife has to pray for me. I come to church, get a chance to preach. I wasn't worthy to preach. 
Brother Mason, it still happens. Don't get me wrong. I still have, I still have little instances of that. It just happened the last time I preached here. Just a little bit. It happened up north just for a little bit. And I'd get up, and the devil would start speaking to my mind. Wouldn't let me have thoughts and wouldn't let them come together. But I'm going to tell you, each time if I keep on persevering, Brother Mason, I feel that anointing coming on me. And you know what? The devil has to leave. He cannot stay. Come on. When you get in your mind, you're going to see Jesus. There's not enough devils in hell to keep you from doing it. Oh, yeah. You think he ain't been talking to me this week? Oh, yes. He said, you're going to get up there and just make a big flop anyway. A lot of help you're going to be to your son. People go home, they won't come back. Come on now. I'm telling you. You think that you're the only one that has trouble? He deals with bishops. And probably, in fact, he probably deals with them more. You know why? He wants to get our whole family. He said, I've got part of them. Uh-huh. Just wait, I'll get the rest of them. If I can get daddy, I can get the rest of them. You're a lie. You need to stand up and tell the devil, he's a liar. you got no control over me. My God is greater. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to receive my victory. Sister McGee, I couldn't sleep this afternoon. I told you that. Y'all know what used to happen in Kingsburg Church. My kids had always come, and they stayed the day on Sunday, and, and my wife would cook, and we'd eat, and we'd enjoy each other a while, and we'd all lay down the floor somewhere, and we'd take us a little snapperoo. But there was times... That his pastor couldn't sleep. And some of the kids that look say, Man, we're going to have service tonight. Dad can't sleep. See, that morning I'd got a little taste of that snicker, so I'd ate it through the day. And then, end of the night, I couldn't sit down. I'm talking spiritually. There was something I was feeding on from the morning service. It hadn't left yet. God, you didn't hear me. I said it hadn't left since the morning service. It was still there. Sister Rhonda, I want to see it happen again. I want to see you not only do it of the morning. I want to see you do it of the night too. I command you to go. Fibromyalgia, be gone in the name. Pain be gone. Give her rest tonight. Oh. I couldn't sleep. The anointing was too great. I'd got a glimpse of Jesus and I couldn't turn the picture out of my mind. Kept dealing with me all day long. It was still there in the night. My God, I'm almost an hour and I'm still going. I gotta, mercy, I gotta hurry up.
Oh, Jesus. We must allow him to fill our temple. It's up to us. Verse 2. I finally got verse 2. I'm trying, y'all. It's just not in me. Isaiah now sees seraphims. He's seeing angelic winged angels, if you please. Got six wings. Two wings cover their face. Two wings cover their feet. And with two wings, they fly. You're going to have to stay with me tonight now because I'm about to get out of the commentary and get into Bishop's commentary. That's scary. Oh. Two wings, they flew. Everybody said two wings, they flew. Sounds pretty good, don't it? See, seraphims, I'm probably getting ahead of myself. That's all right. I may have cut the message short anyhow and just kind of lump it all together and let's go. Means burning ones. Burning ones. Well, you know, I think different than everybody else. I'm a little slow. Takes me a little while to get it all together, you know. I understand, though. I understand. I understand what they're saying. I understand there was a reverence of these angelic creations before God. I realize that. They were covering their face because they could not look upon him because the thing had always been said, you know. In, in, in Exodus 33 and 20, and he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. So the angels, they're not only covering their eyes, they're covering their Come on. They're, they're covering their bottom part. Oh. Now here comes Bishop commentary. I believe there's more to it than that, Brother Mason. God began to heal it. And I believe my commentary is just as good as that because they didn't do it in the Holy Ghost. They just had, they was, it's man's commentary. So this is my commentary. I believe those seraphims not only represented angels, but I believe that they represented man in his flesh. Help me now. Help me preach a little bit. Don't don't go. Don't step out on me now. Notice with me, the seraphims use two wings to cover his face, two wings to cover their feet. Possibly for reverence on the angel side, okay? But on the flesh side, maybe unworthiness to stand before the presence of the Lord. They're unworthy. Ever notice somebody do that? I've seen the enemy do that in church. Jesus. He cast him out. Come on. Hallelujah. Feeling the Holy Ghost. I got to follow the Holy Ghost. I, I want to see Jesus. Unworthiness 
to stand before his presence. And the Lord just began to tickle my ears just a little bit. Began to move on me and bring some thinking together. And I thought, it seems a waste to use four wings to cover a face and feet and only two wings to service for the Lord. And I thought, if that's not flesh, there's not a one of us in the house of God that hadn't got more to offer God. Than just our two hands. Most people have got two legs and feet that they can use. And you may not use them like you used to. I'm getting older too. But as long as I can, I'm going to use my arms and I'm going to use my feet, Brother Terry. I'm going to use my legs. Come on. And I'm going to use my voice. And I'm going to lift my voice and my hands and my feet unto God. Because, Brother Andrew, I want to see Jesus. I don't want to miss seeing Him. I want to see Him. And we got to get out of our normal to be able to do that. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10. You can sit down. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, no device, no nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. He said, while you got the chance, you better praise me. <laughs> the seraphims sing the message and flash their wings. The glory. Can I say the glory? But they completely efface themselves. Now I'm a, okay, it's, I know. See, I know, I, I talked about the, the burning ones. So I kind of think it might have been because those wings glowed and looked like they was on fire that they was called burning ones. I don't know if you can imagine with me just a while. If you can just imagine seraphims in here. And they're called the burning ones and they've got six wings. And they're out to do the service of God. Come here, Aiden. You're young. You can do it. You're my helper. You get right behind me there. Now this, that's all. You get yeah, right behind. You stand right right here. This is a seraphim. This, this three is a seraphim. I want you to just kind of get a glimpse. If all of us, this is wings. Okay. If all of us start flying, and they're on fire, would that make you a little bit? On the happy side, if you could see that in the church. Come on. Wouldn't that stir up your temple a little bit? Wouldn't that make you wonder about some things? Wouldn't that make you want to get under their wings? Come on. I don't know about you, but I want to get under the shadow of his wing. Because there's healing there. There's deliverance there. Souls are saved there. Mount Carmel gets revival there. 
but you got to flap your wings. The burning ones has got to do something. We're on our way. I want to see Jesus. I don't know. I feel like it's time to be lifted up. Thank you, guys. You wore out yet? Imagine that. Man, I've already preached an hour. Y'all ready me to shut up? All right. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Andrew. Man, you're, we're in one mind, one chord. Hallelujah. You know, you know what? Come tell me, Sister Roberta, Brother Mason. I, I don't know it, but you guys sing it, I think. Or we sing it at church. The church is on fire. On. Come on, y'all. You don't get. No, no, there's no, there's one on there's one on Caleb says the church is on fire. Sister McGee, you remember what you remember hearing it? Oh well, I guess I'm old. I guess I'm the only one. Maybe I was trying to see Jesus, and that's what it was saying to me. The church is on fire. Maybe it was wishful thinking. I don't know. But I was hoping tonight I was going to see it and I was going to hear it. Come on, the church is on fire. Huh. Next time I get it, I guess I'm going to have to tape it. There was something there. I knew I didn't have that bad of a mind. Hey, it's sharp tonight. I don't know how it'll be tomorrow, but night's doing all right. The children of Israel could not look upon Moses' face after he had been the presence of God. You know why? Because of the glory, the shine. Somebody said the shine. Somebody say the Shekinah. There was a Shekinah glory on him that they said. He's looking up. They can't handle it even through the veil. And I, I, I don't know, but I can almost see it right now. That, see, I can see through this, and I guess I'm seeing Jesus. Oh, he was looking up, and I, you, you, you may not agree with me, but this is this is Bishop McGee commentary. Now I believe Moses was looking up. And the more he looked up, the brighter that thing got. You know why? Because he was looking up. If you want something to happen in your life, you've got to lift your head up. For your redemption draweth nigh. You can't look down and get anywhere. You need to look up. Man, alive. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Somebody shout, I want the glory. Somebody say, I want to see Jesus. Oh. Now let's go back to the flesh side for a while. 
I want you to think all of the sin that man could bypass Brother Mason if he could not see and he could not walk. I know, I, I think stupid, I know. But this, in my office, God began to talk to me and I couldn't turn it off. I thought, no wonder they covered their eyes and they covered their feet. Look at everything. Look at all the sin that we could miss if we couldn't see and we couldn't walk. This world would be a lot better place to live in for us if we couldn't see and we couldn't walk. You know what? All we could see be Jesus. <laughs> I'd have to get a vision of him. The Bible said, without a vision we'll perish. We need to keep a vision of him. Come on. We need to be excited enough to see him. Oh, Jesus. Well, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only thing that he had was his arms to praise the Lord. <laughs> Think of all the things we could see and the places that we wouldn't walk if we couldn't, didn't have our eyesight and we didn't have any feet to walk. we didn't have those things I wonder how our Christian life would wonder what it'd look like man. how much closer to God would you really be oh I'm trying I'm, I'm about there y'all I'm about there I'm sorry verse 3 these seraphims now have a discourse going they're singing back and forth to each other. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the other would holler back the same thing. And so they kept this discourse going in the temple. Okay, I, I got to go there just for a second. The Trinitarians like to say, well, it's... It's, it's showing the trinity of God. No, it's showing the oneness of God. I mean, I mean, allow me to spill this little information on you that I found out. To say the word twice in Hebrew is to describe someone as most holy. But to say the word holy three times intensifies the idea to its highest level. In other words, the holiness of God is indescribable in human language. To be holy means to be different, distant, or transcendent. Thus the song of the seraphim is a constant refrain that the transcendence of God is indescribable. Yet he looks to the earth for man's sake. Come on. And you think you're forgotten about. Yet the Bible said the whole earth is full of his glory. Not only the church, but the earth. So wherever you're walking, you get under his wing. <laughs> Ah, you know, Boshatanabaha. 
I don't care. It's, it's not meant for us to get to close to sin as we can and see how we fare. But if you happen to come in contact with it, he's got a wing to cover you with. The whole, come on, the whole earth is full of his glory. Woo! I'm trying, y'all. I'm about there. Verse 4. Powerful singing. Powerful singing. Now the doorposts are moving. and The house is filled with smoke. With his glory. Okay. <laughs> and after. Then verse 5. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to get there. Verse 5. Remember in, in chapter number 5. Isaiah spoke six woes. Six woes. To those. In chapter 5. Yeah, I streaked it up more than I helped it, I think. I didn't have Windex, y'all. Oh, well, that's, that's the way most of you want to see yourself anyhow, not clearly. In verse number 5. Here Isaiah says, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. You know why? Because now he sees Jesus in the fullness. He sees him different than he really did in verse 1. Because God showed him somebody better, come on, than you as I. God showed him better than Solomon. What he see now was himself. He is standing before God and all he sees is all his wretchedness and how miserable and wrong he's been. He's been prophesying woes to everybody else. Now God says, Isaiah, I want you to take a look at yourself. You're just as pitiful as they are. He said, I've got unclean lips and I'm standing among a people with unclean lips. Come on. It's easy to pass woes on everybody else. But when you get before the mirror and see yourself, when you stand beside God, you look so undone. You look so wretched. There's no good in you. Come on. I got a long ways to go when I stand by God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He pronounces this woe. Hallelujah. Upon himself. He's seen others' faults because they were easy to see, but he didn't see his own. Then the Lord allowed him to see himself. I'm going through these other verses real quick because I didn't have them in my scripture text. It's just, I just, it's just a verse, uh, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah's sins, the Bible said, were purged by a live coal that was taken off the altar. Because fire always stands for cleansing. I want him to purge me. I want to be clean. Verse 8. Notice he receives a call. Whom shall I send? The Lord says, 
Whom shall I send? Verse 9, he receives a commission. He says, whom shall I send? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And what's the Lord say? Go. Go. I believe the Lord is saying some to people tonight, go. We will never understand his ways until we see him. Come on. Spiritually, we got to see him or we'll never understand his ways. And I'm closing. But Mason, you can come. I don't know. They may not want to sit here for a song. I don't know, but maybe they do. I hope you do because if you don't, you're out of luck. He's going. Sister Rhonda, at the end of this, God quickened something to my mind that, and I wrote it down. I said, I'm worried about people that come into the presence of God service after service, Brother Terry, and never feel anything. Nothing moves them. Yet we're living in a world today where that's happening in the church every time the doors are open. And we need not slow down our worship. We need to pick it up. We need to be moved by His presence. I want to see Jesus. Could you stand with me? Altar's open. I'm sorry. I went almost 14 long minutes longer than this morning. Long-winded preacher. That's all right. Pastor will be back Wednesday. Come on. I don't know, but I'm... I tell you, I know without a shadow of a doubt there would be some people disaltered. I know that. I know I, I, know I want to see Jesus. And I, I come on, I, I got to see Him. And whatever it takes to get there, whatever it takes to get a glimpse of Him, I want to be able to do it. I, I want to get in touch with Him. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.